This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, COIN buys an exchange license. In product news, it's time for MAGA. And in London, LSE is going private. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 128. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com or via our various social media platforms. The European Union has given itself three more years to end euro-clearing reliance on London, went the Reuters headline this week. A three-year window delivers more derivatives stability through London, while the European Union desperately tried to adopt their usual protectionist insularity to fit the mindset of closed thinking that pervades Brussels. It's a pity they couldn't think about economic growth and helping the citizens of forethought. Anyway, a three-year window is a fair one as the single currency, let alone the European Union, may not be recognisably functional in that period. NASDAQ, NASDAQ Europe this is, they've been crowned the 2021 leading European exchange. That's for new equity issues. They achieved the highest number of new equity listings amongst all European markets, welcoming a record 219 listings with 174 initial public offerings, raising 13.4 billion euros. After all that London Stock Exchange Group hype before Christmas, the truth in statistics is London lags badly in number of new listings compared to Nasdaq's dynamic European teamwork. Over in Canada, they had a good year for IPOs as well. A record of 10.2 billion Canadian dollars being raised from 171 IPOs. TSX, they led the field with 37 IPOs in total. But nonetheless, there were respectable performances from the Canadian Securities Exchange, TSX Venture Exchange and NAO. The Bank of England, they're going to get more powers over clearing and settlement. Perhaps the most overused phrase of Q1 2021 was the adults are back in charge, which of course proved palpably false and then some. However, there is a case for this argument to be made as Britain rebalances clearing settlement regulation away from the European Union towards its more experienced in this area, Central Bank. Down under, SIBO, they are preparing to give ASX a run for its money, as the headline said in the Australian newspaper. The Chi-X name will disappear on February the 1st to be replaced by SIBO. Bring it on, we say. The Chi-X team in Australia have a powerful parent in SIBO backing their ambitions and the imminent deployment of serious block trading to eat Liquidnet's last bastions of monopoly can only further help propel Chibo, let's give it a halfway house acronym until February the 1st, Chibo is already looking a much, much more impressive entity than even its previous highly laudable achievements. 
In results, IHS Market, they declared a quarterly cash dividend of 20 US cents per share for Q1 2022. That was as we awaited their results, which were going to drop just after this podcast was recorded. Meanwhile, on the same topic as IHS Market, of course, they're subject to a merger offer at the moment from S&P Global. The UK antitrust body, the Competition and Markets Authority, said last Tuesday that it is open to consultation on the undertakings proposed by S&P Global Inc. and IHS Market Limited to address its concerns over the deal. So it's your time to say you can write in and say what you think about the various entities that are being sold off by IHS Market and S&P Global to somehow or other assuage antitrust. Actual results, Charles Schwab released Q4 2021 earnings. The profits were rising, but results missed estimates. Interestingly, during the course of the after call, Charles Schwab CEO Walter Bettinger said that he doubted whether lanes exist anymore in the financial sector. Well, echoing Walt Bettinger's words, I would note that in Capital Market Revolution, my tome from 1999, published by the Financial Times Prentice Hall Enterprise, I discussed the fifth stage of the capital market revolution being the point where exchanges and other institutions are essentially competing everywhere for everything. One other mega broker group on the periphery of the parish of exchanges, which was, had results out this week, Interactive Brokers. They beat their Q4 earnings estimates. But nonetheless, on CNBC, IBKR's founder and chairman, Thomas Petterfee, noted it was a very good year for us, so I don't understand why our stock fell. It was a busy week for new markets in the parish. All the information was in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Fascinating news from Nigeria in Sokoto State. The governor, Arminu Waziri Tambowal, has revealed that the African Development Bank will soon facilitate the establishment of an onion commodity exchange in the state. That, of course, means, as all students of markets will recall, that Nigeria will have an onion exchange where the United States of America, the world's preeminent capitalist force, of course, cannot trade forward such a dietary staple due to the Onion Futures Act of 1958, which was memorably amended in 2010 to include box office receipts for movies in the United States of America too. Honourable mention this week in new markets, Abu Dhabi's IHC launched a trading platform, Rebound Plastic Exchange, to facilitate the global trade of recycled plastic. Absolutely fascinating. I mean, I think if you look at the statistics, something like 36,000 half-litre bottles of water will give you roughly one tonne of plastic for recycling. If you have two tons of plastic for recycling, you can save four barrels of oil. Now, if oil goes up to, well, $300 a barrel, is it any reason to wonder, therefore, that the prices of pet plastics are soaring at the moment to pretty much precious metals level? It's useful to therefore reflect that it's over half a century since Dustin Hoffman drove that lovely Alfa Romeo spider and some movie plots surrounded The Graduate where one word was most famous of all plastics. Is it good career advice today with the launch in Abu Dhabi of a specialist plastic recycling exchange? Deal news this week, equally a busy week for deals in the parish. Things getting underway in January. All the deals were in Exchange Invest daily, the water cooler of the bourse business. 
Coinbase, they've bought the futures exchange FairX in a push towards crypto derivatives. And also, actually, I do believe the first time that the Coinbase exchange has actually had an exchange license. That acquisition of FairX delivers them a full CFTC regulatory status. And lo, the biggest listed crypto exchange actually has acquired at least one formal license as an exchange. Elsewhere, Russian lender TCS, they bought the Swiss crypto exchange Aximetria and the Indian Energy Exchange, they sold a 4.93% stake in their Indian gas exchange venture to IOCL. That transaction resulted in the cessation of the SEBI-motivated holding subsidiary relationship between the Indian Energy Exchange and the Indian Gas Exchange in the sometimes tortuous world of corporate relations as seen by Indian regulators. Crypto exchange BitMEX, they're buying a German bank, a very old German bank indeed. It's 268 years in total of history at Bankhaus von der Heidt. And the idea is to establish a one-stop shop for regulated crypto products in Germany, Austria and Switzerland. Finally, we note this week it isn't a deal yet, but Jared Dillian, a man with his finger on the pulse of all things investment, wrote in his Bloomberg column that Robinhood has become an attractive takeover target now that its stock is down something like 80% from the peaks of last year. Well, of course, if your stock's down 80% from the peaks of last year, perhaps you're looking for inspiration. If so, may I offer you my latest book, Victory or Death, Blockchain Cryptocurrency in the Fintech World. Useful reading whether you're still under lockdown or you're finally emerging into the sunlight as Omicron kills COVID-19 and turns the pandemic endemic. Whichever way you look at it, it's a victory or death world of risk and opportunity out there. To understand how technology is affecting life and markets, Pick up a copy of my latest tome, Victory or Death. It's published by DV Books and distributed by Ingram Worldwide. While you're waiting for a copy of Victory or Death to arrive in the post, check out our live stream. Tuesday, 6pm London, that's 1300 New York time, 1900 Central European time. It's the IPO video live stream. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Last week, we had a sensational guest, ICE, Intercontinental Exchange, on the road to a global carbon price. Saw our special guest, Gordon Bennett, in a fascinating conversation with myself, Patrick L. Young, and our co-host, Steve Zwick, who is the presenter of the Bionic Planet podcast. Coming this week on Tuesday, we're going to have Puro Carbon NASDAQ Transforming Emissions with the NASDAQ guru of all things carbon, Frederick Ekstrom. Once again, that's going to be co-hosted by myself, Patrick L. Young, and Steve Zwick of the Bionic Planet podcast. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me patrick at derivativesvision.com. 
in Cryptoland this week. B3, that's the Brazilian monopolist exchange. They're planning a cryptocurrency-related series of launches in 2022. Fascinating to see. Japan-based crypto exchange Decurrent, they're planning to sell their exchange to Hong Kong's Amber Group. And the crypto exchange Gemini, they made a peripheral purchase buying a digital asset platform for wealth managers. In product news this week, ICE's Midland West Texas Intermediate American Gulf Coast Futures contract will be live for trading on January the 24th with the rather remarkable epithet, the acronym is MAGA, M-A-G-A. Just as the best obituary writers have their epitaphs ready when folks reach a certain age, even if they appear in rude health, so too with exchange-traded derivatives and indeed whole exchanges, it is not unfair to start drafting the death notice to stay prepared for the future. We have extensively trailed the peak and more of CME Group in the past, but it's now official that the beginning of the end of the monopoly that got lazy is imperiled. Jan 24th, MAGA is the motive and the motive, in oil trading at least, with the coordinated Houston-centric futures contract officially becoming the pretender to the throne, albeit with a valid aspiration as the reigning monarch appears to have abdicated with a let-them-eat-cushing attitude. That ICE already controls the other side of the top-level domain transatlantic oil benchmark tango only spreads the potential impact further. Anyway, before we get ahead of the narrative, let's stay with the speed of pipeline oil. Whether that's waterborne or land-stored, Magellan and Enterprise have teamed up to create MAGA, ICE Midland American Gulf Coast Contract. Crazy name, groovy contract. Harold Hamm, chairman of the Board of Continental Resources, put everything in perspective just the way CME couldn't when he remarked on the first announcement of the upcoming MAGA on June the 21st, 2021, with what amounts to a first draft of that CME epitaph. On April 20th last year, when the Cushing, Oklahoma WTI contract traded down to a negative $38, it was a wake-up call to the oil industry that the storage constraints and landlocked location of the Cushing contract could no longer be ignored. I started the American Gulf Coast Select Best Practices Task Force to develop specifications for a new US light sweet crude oil benchmark in the American Gulf Coast and to advocate for its implementation and adoption as the main pricing point for the US oil markets. We think a futures contract in the most interconnected market centre in the country with a widely accepted quality spec which settles with guaranteed delivery of crude oil is an important new alternative for the industry. The task force has worked tirelessly to create a marker with transparency and liquidity that is waterborne for this modern era. The Midland WTI American Gulf Coast Futures Contract, established by the alliance between ICE, Magellan and Enterprise, is a huge step forward for the industry and goes a long way to accomplishing the mission on which the task force has been working. While I suspect this CME may grow to view if they don't already, Mr. Ham as some variant on a theme of Len Dayton's caricature oil tycoon General Midwinter in Billion Dollar Brain, America's most famous oil man displays a reasoned and analytical approach to life and business as can be evidenced in his recent Financial Times lunch interview, the headline of which ran Harold Hamm, Republican, Democrat, I'm an oilocrat. Let's not beat about the bush here. MAGA is potentially the rock upon which CME firmly runs aground. 
Rule on January 24th. In other good news this week, the Romanian commodity exchange BRM, they've launched electricity trading at last. Left to their own devices, it has only taken the Romanians a decade and more to launch the electricity futures. I was actually proposing a Cybex CEO. Well, better late than never, I suppose. In London, the London Stock Exchange is proposing to go private. Well, at least it's going to offer special listings for private companies. That should be an interesting development as we look to see where the next mighty unicorn emerges from. Speaking of mighty unicorns, that brings us elegantly to technology. China is aiming to separate NFTs from crypto via a new blockchain infrastructure. Very, very interesting discussion in relation to the whole identity and indeed credential piece of the blockchain's use case, which is a long, long way from, of course, those funny ape drawings that seem to be dominating in what are Western NFTs at the moment. And indeed, as the South China Morning Post noted, those NFTs are hot commodities in China, despite a ban on profit. And indeed, also, China's metaverse gold rush is on as investors seek to pile in. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority, they lead the regulatory news. They are looking to regulate stablecoin issuers like banks. That continues the ongoing worries about issuers such as Tether of stablecoins across the world. In the UK, there's not going to be a Britcoin, or at least there's not going to be a Britcoin CBDC for the retail market, it seems, after the UK's upper house, the House of Lords, said no to a digital pound. However, that was, as I hastened to add, on a retail basis. Headline writers rushed to diss CBDC, but the small print says more investigation is to be made into a wholesale CBDC, which is a key winner to making real-time gross settlement digitally awesome. And that, as I recall, is some 98% or thereabouts of UK money movement. Finally, in regulation this week, an amusing aside almost from IOSCO. Regulators are telling exchanges to get ready for hybrid working. There's a need for greater automation and less dependence on physical documents and manual processes to better accommodate people working from home, said IOSCO, the overarching international regulatory body. All good points, I hasten to add, but can IOSCO ensure the incumbent intermediaries and indeed intermediary regulators obsessed with documents will permit this? Sensible tweaking is welcome from IOSCO, but I think the best exchanges are already close to paper-free. And moreover, as we saw throughout the pandemic, hybrid working was an incredibly high-level success for all the world's major exchanges and pretty much all the minor ones too. Career news this week, Hong Kong Exchanges, head of green finance, Grace Hui, has left the firm. The BIS, that's the Bank for International Settlements, the Bankers Bank, as it were, their board has elected Francois Villeroy de Gallo as the new chairman, and the former CFTC chairman, Christian Carlo, a guest twice no less on the IPO video livestream, has joined CoinFund as a policy advisor. And that only leads us to look at big world. Well, big world from actually a relatively small world perspective, because we're still only looking at what we still refer to as the square mile, the city of London. 
The Square Mile has defied downbeat post-Brexit worker exodus forecasts, ran a headline in City AM this week, as a study finally put to rest the nonsense that was the Ramona central argument about the death of the City of London and the 100,000 jobs that they said would disappear due to Brexit. The City of London is hiring, and hiring with aplomb which incidentally puts it at odds with New York City, the other Megamax international financial centre, which saw a contraction in financial workers through redundancy during Q4 2021. In any case, as with so many statistics produced by a certain type of worrywart in first world countries, the mass of woeful predictions were indeed woeful in their accuracy. The sunny uplands of Brexit are still to be achieved, and let's face it, Britain needs a government to be able to do that. But the nonsense of the nuclear-sized meltdown have been proven palpably false. Let's move on. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. On behalf of myself, Exchange Invest Newsletter, the daily water cooler of the Bourse business, and also Valerium, a blockchain company bringing you some interesting developments around the world in financial markets. I wish you a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.